0: Welcome to FIA Speaks, a podcast at the centre of the futures, options and listed derivatives markets and the interesting people who work in them, run exchanges and regulate this industry. FIA's mission is to support open, transparent and competitive markets, protect and enhance the integrity of the financial system and promote high standards of professional conduct. Please note we have a lengthy disclaimer that I encourage you to listen to or read at fia.org But in short, this podcast is meant to be informative about this industry and should not be relied on for investment advice. And now here's your host, FIA President and CEO, Walt Lucan.
1: Welcome to FIA Speaks, a global markets podcast. This podcast is sponsored as always by SmartStream. Trust your data, accelerate your future potential. More at smartstream-stp.com. And in this episode, we are honored to have two distinguished individuals who are making a big impact on the workforce of the future. We're thrilled to have Elois and Bavon Joseph, two impressive individuals who have both worked on the floors of exchanges and now dedicate their lives to helping Black and Latinx students get trained and placed for internships at financial companies in Chicago, New York, London, and beyond. Their organization is called Greenwood Projects, and in 2021 alone, Greenwood has placed 470 interns in 36 companies, impressive. These internships are a wonderful way to introduce students to our markets and to develop a pipeline of talent for our industry. And this is an effort that is very special to FIA. At our annual BOCA conference this year, I announced a new partnership to facilitate summer internships with Greenwood, uh, with our member companies. So welcome Lois and Bavon to FIA Speaks. Thanks all for having us, appreciate it.
2: Yes, thank you for having us.
1: No, absolutely. And as veterans of our industry, this is a wonderful project that you've put forward in an organization. And Alois, let me start with you. I've done a brief introduction to Greenwood, but if you wouldn't mind telling our audience a bit more about the program, why you started it, and also where the name Greenwood came from.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So our program is basically, well, when when Bavon and I started this, it was just a project for exposure for high-achieving students from under-resourced communities, and um, it comes from our stories of working both in Chicago's financial district, and Bavon, who's had more than 20 years of working in New York on Wall Street. And one of the things that we noticed was that we knew a lot of really smart students, but none of them were entering the financial sector. And we thought about our past and our our upbringing and realized that students can't be what they can't see. And if they don't have early exposure to the financial services industry, they won't know that this wonderful industry is available to them. And that's how the Greenwood Project got started. Now, the name comes from um, a community in Tulsa, Oklahoma, that is known as the Greenwood District. The Greenwood District was a very affluent African-American neighborhood that was established immediately after slavery. And um it was highly um populated with millionaires. The dollars circulated a number of times because uh, you know, based on the country's history, there was a lot of segregation. And this area was very well to do, lots of millionaires, business owners, just a whole sense of community, and they did very well. And um this is where our name came from. It's also known as Black Wall Street, the Greenwood District. So that's where we adopted the name
1: from. Hey, and Devon, can you tell us a little bit? more about both your background and Eloise's background and, and sort of the start of Greenwood. You know, how, how did this light bulb come on for the both of you? Having worked in the industry for 20 plus
3: years at many firms, prop shops, exchanges, banks, you know, hedge funds, we would often look around the room and didn't see many people look like us. So especially on the entry level role, internships in particular, at opening years, I uh, just kind of came to realize that the internships themselves have become a privilege. They could be really smart going to school, getting great grades, but if you don't know anybody in the industry, if you lack that social capital, it would be very hard to even know that these opportunities exist for you. So we set out to bridge that gap. We wanted to like reach these young people and say, listen, we're not trying to force you into a career in finance, but we're saying spend the summer with us, check it out. You might see something you like. For example, we meet students who are really good at math, but nobody had ever introduced them to a financial engineer before. Nobody told them they can have a you know, trade options or be a trader or whatever, you know, there's like heavy coding now in, in, in financial services. FinTech is a big thing. So what we do, like, uh, you also said, is exposure really. And we also tell folks that uh, Greenwood Project is a social capital building organization, which means when we meet students, their, their network is really small. But at the end of the summer, they've met hundreds of individuals like yourself and others from FIA who st- or stop by um, to talk to our students in workshops. But the whole point is to grow their network.
1: Because once they do that, they increase the likelihood of them knowing about opportunities and finance. You know, so again, the program is really all based about exposure, access to opportunities for students who otherwise wouldn't have it, you know. Both of you come from financial services background, so it makes sense that you would start with financial services. Um, Is the hope is that you might broaden it beyond financial services? I mean, there's tons of opportunities. You know our little esoteric industry, the futures industry, um, I know we're starting to hopefully build a pipeline with your organization. but where did you originally start in financial services, and do you hope to expand beyond that? Yeah, I think you know again, we started at the firms that we worked at before, so we literally went to people that we knew at the firms at New York and Chicago and said, "Listen, we're doing this thing. Would you mind giving a young person a chance this summer?" And it started with what we knew. so we literally in the beginning with five students
3: started teaching these kids how to be successful at the firms that we worked at before. And that's kind of like snowballed into over 50 partnerships now with multiple types of firms in the industry. Tech is becoming a huge thing for us. We teach kids on the high school level about careers in FinTech. We teach them how to code in Python. And we want to do more of that as well. There's a lot of demand from young people to, to be educated about cryptocurrency and, and blockchain and stuff like that. They're driving the curriculum, actually. But uh, we've been approached by others in different industries like consulting and, and manufacturing and healthcare. Um, that's not our area of expertise. But I mean, down the road, maybe we could explore that. But for now, I think there's so much work to do in financial services and fintech alone that we will be busy for a very long
1: time here in Chicago and other cities as well. Well, you mentioned there's sort of two pipelines, right? There's the high school pipeline and there's the college pipeline. College, obviously, they're about ready to start a career. That makes a lot of sense. But is are there different strategies for both groups? Are you hoping that the high school students get excited about finance and they go to college and study finance? And So tell us a little bit about the strategy of the two groups.
2: That's exactly the strategy and the goal. Um, one thing... What we've realized is that if you're in college and you've already declared a major and you're introduced to the Greenwood Project and let's say you're junior or senior year, you're almost already too late, right? Mm-hmm. So we started reaching out earlier and getting the high school students excited about this financial industry, whether it's fintech or financial services. So we started the junior year because that's where we see the maturity level has set in. And um, we have two cohorts, the Financial Institute
0: and the other institute as uh, the coding program for FinTech. The students are
2: excited. They're looking forward to it. They've met dozens of companies over the summer that they've never heard of before and had an opportunity to be exposed to so many different career options. Now they have narrowed down their focus and are thinking about finance as a major and early on. So that's very intentional
1: to reach back to the college students. Your program is very structured and what I really love about it is you're not just plopping people into jobs, uh, internships, you're training them. You're giving them skills that really are attractive to employers. Um, so tell us a little bit about your six-week training program and what you do every year to get these students um, to become attractive uh, assets for these companies.
2: Absolutely. Walt, we are investing in our students. Um, So many firms have reached out to us as if we are a placement company. We are not a placement company. We are investing in the futures of our students. And also we're investing in our partners because a lot of our partners are having issues attracting and retaining um, talent of color. And we're providing solutions and networks and opportunities for them to build their talent pipeline with individuals of color. And I'll let Boban go ahead and take the second half of that question.
3: Yeah, no, you're right. We we know that this industry is not for every student. So we're not trying to be green project in the entire city of Chicago. We're very selective about who gets into the program because then given our background, given our experience, given our board, which primarily comes from the industry, We kind of know what it takes to survive and do well and thrive in the industry. So we're very selective. First of all, there's a strict application process to get in. Once you're in in the college program, you have to do a mandatory four-week training. That's 40 hours a week for four weeks before you get your internship. The purpose of that is because our students, most of them, almost all are starting from scratch. This is all brand new to them. Again, good grades doing well. They got into Greenwood, but we want them to be successful in their internship. So for that reason, they must be trained. And we pay them as well while they're being trained, $20 an hour. We cover all their technology needs, transportation, whatever they need, we cover them. Because again, keep in mind who we're serving, they can't afford to have a non-paying experience during the summer. If they're not with Greenwood, they'll be in retail or fast food or something else. And these are really smart and talented young people that we think should be having a meaningful career experience during the summer. So four weeks of intensive training, about 40% of that training and curriculum is Wall Street prep which is a third-party company that we use. And their curriculum is focused on getting folks into Wall Street-type jobs. But 60% of it is our design curriculum. We have a director of education, and she's come along and helped us really formalize the process and the curriculum. But it's all taught by Greenwood Project staff and training on teaching assistants and volunteers from the industry. So we have an army of volunteers who come from different firms and different sectors. They teach things like professional development, email etiquette, how to dress, you know, we fix their LinkedIn profiles, we get professional headshots. It's really about teaching them how to be at work. Because one of the biggest complaints we hear from HR managers is these kids are really smart kids in general from college who are interns, but they're not being taught how to be at work. And that's what I think our secret sauce is, like we teach students how to be at work. So when they show up, they know how to use calendar, they use an email, they can send an invite, you know, they can manage all that stuff, which is a lot of the work that companies spend Time on teaching interns. So, our students actually come in the door, hit the ground running after a four week training. We check in with them on a weekly basis as well. The mentoring, the teaching, the coaching continues. And um that's been our model, it's been very successful because of that mandatory training that the college students go on to. And 75% or more of them now are working in financial services. And
1: 100% of our college grads have full time jobs as well. Your website talks about there's 470 uh, students that you placed this year. Um, is is how selective are you in choosing students? Like, are, and how are you how are you connecting with high schools and college students to get them to come into the program? Yes. Yeah, so one point of clarification. So the 400 plus
3: is all is cumulative. That's since we've been since we've been okay. around. So this year we had 156 students in the program. Uh, 80 of them were college students. So we've got 80 college kids working in internships. And um, yeah, we have over 150 apply, and the process is a rolling application starting in October, starting um, usually around October first towards the end of the year. And again, it's Greenwood staff and volunteers from the industry that help us interview these kids. You know, screen them, vet them. There's an essay that they have to write. You know, minimum 3.0 GPA we ask for, but we also understand there's a story behind every GPA, so we look at every application. But we're very selective. We we like to say we're uh, high touch and low tech. When it comes to selecting kids because you really got to sit down and get to know them like you know the, the problem with what i think a lot of the hr systems and policies and procedures and just recruiting in general and finance and other places is that they're relying heavily on technology right because i and i understand the volume of applications that they're getting so think about you know firms like goldman sachs morgan stanley thousands of kids are applying for those internships HR staff does not have the time to sit down and look at every single resume. So at Greenwood, we sit we look at every single applicant and we get to know them and we say, you know what, this kid is working two jobs in school, going to school full time, trying to help his family, you know, first generation. I mean, there's all these things that factor into that student's application that we sit down and get to know them. And a lot of them have now gone on to amazing careers in finance, but if we didn't take a chance on them and convince a firm to take a chance on them, they will not even be in the door for some of these
1: firms right now. We talked offline a bit about how COVID has impacted your program, but tell us a little bit about the experience during the last couple of years and how that's in any way impacted Greenwood.
2: Yeah, so at the beginning of 2020, we were very nervous, especially when we saw New York uh, going into shutting down, I think in February or March. And Bavon has a technology background. So um, he immediately pivoted and had us on an online classroom
0: platform. So our service was never interrupted. We were
2: actually able to reach more students and we piloted our national acceptance program at that point. And then we were also able to have more firms, partners, volunteers, and speakers sign up to actually speak with our students. So that pivot early on and Vavan's technology background
1: actually saved us and we were able to do really well with the students, the mentors, the speakers in 2020 and 21 in a virtual environment. That's great to hear. It just hasn't, hasn't dropped a beat at all, so it's wonderful. One thing, and I, I was privileged to, to be on a Zoom call with a lot of your, your students um, and interns, um, it was a uh, privilege again to introduce the chairman of the current Agriculture Committee in the House, Chairman David Scott, who has a great background. was was a product of an internship, um, but he's the first Black chairman of the Agriculture Committee in, in the House of Representatives history. Um, and what a great example and mentor for all of us! But. Those types, I mean, I would assume you're trying to give your students experiences, um, skills, life skills, and and job skills. But how important is the role of mentors in the program of finding these types of individuals that students can aspire to to try to to, to be and and that really can help engage with these young, young leaders? yeah
3: I think um you know again, our kind of model like you know this kids can be what they can't see, and when we meet students, you know something they all most of them tell us is like we don't see ourselves in the industry, you know so they assume it's not a place for them you know I'll, for that reason, we go and recruit heavily people of color from the industry to come and teach our students and get in front of them so um you know when you had that um, the chairman kind of show up and and tell his story, a lot of the students like immediately resonated with them. Like wow, he had an internship, and I'm gonna I'm gonna have one too at Greenwood because uh, in the room of high school and college students, you know, I said mentorship is key to what we do. Every college student has a mentor during the summer in the industry. Sometimes at that firm that they work at, sometimes at another firm, but they check in on a weekly basis with their mentor. And it's mandatory that every college student in the program mentor one of our high school students. So that giving back never stops because we tell them, you know, Greenwood will open up the doors for you. We'll give you that training. You got to go in and and do the work, but you got to keep the door open for the next generation. So for that reason, we're building a strong alumni network. You know, so these students from 2016 up until 2021, and in the future, will always be connected to each other. Because at the end of the day, they will become their own network. Right? So we're helping them increase their social capital. But in essence, they're becoming their own social capital because they're getting to know each other. And in the industry, these mentor-mentee relationships go on way past the summer. And these individuals um, at these firms, they're excited because they get to mentor from a position of strength. Whilst you will meet a young person who will tell you, I want to have your job one day, right? tell me how to get there, right? And you're the expert on that because you went through that process, right? So I think that's why um, volunteers for us from the industry, um, like I have an army of them, you know, just signing up in droves to participate. And when we meet a new company, the initial conversation is all about how can we engage your employees because the other folks that really help uh, our students see themselves at these companies.
2: And if I may add something onto that, one of the things we learned early on with our mentor, our mentee program is that we had students who were at different universities and they wanted to be computer science majors or they were computer science majors, but they were taking the wrong classes to to apply to a job within the financial services industry. They were either applying for courses with outdated software and technology when they should have been in a different level of a course. So having a mentor uh, helped them actually select classes to get them on the right track to go into a position like the one they are aspiring to uh, participate in
1: within the finance industry. Well, I was a product of an internship, and I could just—that's this—is one reason I was so attracted to the Greenwood Project. Was I saw how that affected my career path. That I was given an opportunity. I got to meet mentors and champions for me, and um, so that is one reason I, I think your your efforts are tremendous um, and will be practical and you know actually achieve. Uh, results. Um, But one thing I I did want to to mention, obviously last summer's tragic events um, caused a lot of people to wake up to sort of the unequal opportunities that are are given to certain elements of society and just the, the racism that still exists in
0: our society unjustly and I'm just curious whether you have seen, and
1: I've been, personally, I can tell you it has woken our organization up to, we can't just give lip service to it. We have to do things that are practical and, and to help students. But tell us a little bit about how those tragic
0: events may have, have, have helped your organization to start to actually make some real and long-lasting change. Yeah, I think, you know, going into 2020, before COVID, before the George Floyd
3: uh, murder, you know, we were on pace to kind of meet our goals and, and all that stuff. But um, once that happened, uh, it accelerated everything for us. Um, a lot of firms, like you said, Kim, you know, woke up and said, hey, how can I help? And our response right away was invest in our mission to open your doors to take interns. So we probably onboarded maybe 30 plus new partners in 2020. You know, we bumped up our staff increase the number of students we were reaching. Um, I think, you know, looking back a year now, let's all about the impact, right? So we were able to help more students, get more firms on board. But I mean, there's a lot of work to be done still. You know, I think, um, what we think one thing we see is that there's no lack of talent. What there is is a lack of opportunity, you know, and getting firms to see the long vision that we have. Because our model is at least a six-year model. Meet students in their junior year of high school and stay with them all until they graduate from college and go into a job. Yeah, you know, so we're asking companies to partner with us well for the long term, you know, because this problem can't be solved in one summer. Right. This is like decades and generations of like systemic, you know, institutionalized racism that's led to this, right? So Greenworth Project is a small organization that's growing really quickly. But we can't solve this problem by ourselves. Right? We need the industry to come together. The industry has to fix the industry. Right. Greenware Project can't do that by ourselves. You know, on a small scale, again, we're having an impact. We're going into the national model for our college program. We've got friends in London interested in talking to us as well. You know, we can reach the students. We can find them, but we need the support. We need the resources. You know, I read a study where uh, I think $50 billion was pledged by corporate America towards uh, fixing systemic racism and stuff, not just in finance, but in general. If only about $250 million of that has actually been has materialized. You know, so again, a year plus later, there's a lot of work to be done you know, for us, it was a huge catalyst and really, you know, in 2021, we're ex- we were like um, executing our 2025 plans, for example. So I think for us, um, it's been good in a, in a sense because we can, you know, take all these partnerships and turn that
1: into opportunity for our young people. And you mentioned London. What, what cities are you in? We have lots of members from around the world, but uh, who may be interested in, in, in getting involved in Greenwood, but what cities are you currently in and hope to be in? Yeah, so this year we
3: had, uh, because mostly everything was virtual, we had students working. We had some students actually went to New York for like a week or two. We had students in Denver, um, Kansas City, Chicago, of course. Um, But again, because we work with partners, who have multiple offices all over the country and all over the world. You know, our students are able to travel. College students can travel. You know, if the world is open soon or in 2022, we'll be sending students to London and other places. But, you know, on a college level, That's pretty much a national and almost now international model. So it doesn't matter what the firms are. Our students will um, be ready. They'll be ready to travel. You know, we recruit uh, nationwide as well. The bulk of students are from Chicago, Illinois, or the Midwest, but we do take students from outside as well. But here, firms are in other cities. We're happy to talk to them. On the high school level, that's a Chicago-based model because that's so organic to the city here. We work with the Chicago public school systems and a lot of nonprofits here, the kind of pipeline high school kids to us. So maybe down the road we'll replicate the high school program in other cities, but for now, on a national, international scale, it's really our college kids are willing to travel and be in another city uh, for the summer. Well, as we
1: wrap up, you know, we have members that are listening in on this, but can you tell us what, if a, a member company of ours wanted to get involved in Greenwood Project, how can they do that? What would be your advice to them? Definitely reach
2: out to us through our website, contact Vivon and I directly, and they'll work on ways internally to provide opportunities and open your doors. There are so many ways to get involved with the Greenwood Project and have a positive impact on a young person's life. And we have tons of ways that companies can engage with our students throughout the year. So definitely uh, reach out to us at our website, greenwoodproject.org. Follow us on social media, Greenwood ProShy, both at Instagram, um, LinkedIn, and Facebook.
1: And FIA will continue to support Greenwood by trying to get our companies to offer internships um, around the globe. Um, so we, we are happy to be and proud to be a, a sponsor of Greenwood as well. Well, Vavon uh, and Elois, e- I'm so happy to have had you here today on our podcast. And thank you for all you're doing to create the next generation of, of leaders in our, in our industry. We really appreciate it.
2: Thank you for this opportunity and thank you for your partnership.
1: Absolutely. And hopefully this is a long, long-term partnership with uh, Greenwood Project. But for our listeners, I appreciate listening in on today. Thanks to our sponsor, SmartStream. As always, we welcome your feedback, issues and ideas at FIASpeaks Speaks at FIA.org. Take
0: care. FIA Speaks is brought to you by the staff of the FIA. Steve Adamski is our executive producer. Cameron Lane is our technical producer with additional technical support from Craig Richardson. We welcome your feedback on these podcasts at fiaspeaks at fia.org. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only and is not intended to provide investment, tax, business, legal or professional advice to any individual or entity. Unless specifically stated otherwise, neither FIA nor its members endorse, approve, recommend or certify any information, opinion product, process, service, individual or entity presented or mentioned in this podcast. FIA makes no representations, warranties or guarantees as to the accuracy or completeness of any of the podcast's content. Reliance on the podcast content is done at your own risk. FIA disclaims any and all liability or responsibility for any direct, indirect, incidental, special or consequential damages arising out of any use of reference to, reliance on or inability to use this podcast or its contents. Any commercial use, resale or redistribution of this podcast without the FIA's express written consent is prohibited. Copyright 2019 FIA. All rights reserved. For more information visit fia.org.